The Mothership Podcast is sponsored by Hawaii Surrogacy Center. Start your family with Hawaii's leading surrogacy agency. The Mothership Podcast is sponsored by Hawaii Surrogacy Center. Start your family with Hawaii's leading surrogacy agency. and welcome to the Mothership Podcast. Today, we're joined by Susan Lin, child psychologist, a lecturer of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School and author of Who's Raising the Kids? Big Tech, Big Business, and the Lives of Children. Thank you so much, Susan, for joining us here. Oh, Stephanie, I'm so happy to be talking to you. Yeah, so this is a fascinating research that you did, which led to you putting this book together, as I understand, during um, the COVID pandemic. And you found out that uh, big tech is actually having a great impact on shaping our children's values. Can you explain more about that? Sure. Um, you know, young children, especially their brains are growing and developing and um, and what happens in childhood can have a profound influence on, on your values, on your relationships, and how you learn all the way through your life. And so the fact that, you know, kids are spending so much time, um, not just with screens, but with other kinds of tech products, mm -hmm means that that these um, huge conglomerates have an enormous impact on children. Right. I mean, I, I'm a parent myself. And, um, you know, the first thing that we want to do is to um, help our children grow, not just physically, but, um, you know, intellectually as well. And so we see all these products. But you're saying that there is um, a motivation, uh, you know, on behalf of the the companies there that um, might not be in the best interests of our children. Sure. In fact, it's not in the best interest of our children. It's not clear to me it's in our best interest either. I mean, basically, you know, the motivation for all these huge con conglomerates, uh, Meta, uh, you know, Google, Amazon, um, all of it is to generate profit. That's their primary goal. That's what these devices were created for. Yes, they can be helpful. They can be beneficial. But um, but the fact is that we these companies are in a war for our attention, and so our and they want our attention really no matter what. And and 
So that means that, you know, kids are kept, you know, glued to these devices by, um, well, with children, it can be bright colors, beloved characters, but also with some of the same techniques that they use, you know, with adults, um, intermittent rewards, you know, things like that. And, and um, so basically, you know, we live in a society where parents are warned all the time, don't let your kids talk to strangers. I mean, Lenore Skenazy, who does Let's Grow, would say, that's a silly thing to say to kids, say, don't go anywhere with strangers. But the point um, that I, I want to make is that by, by letting kids spend hours and hours in, in front of a screen, basically they're spending time with strangers, not the actual strangers who, you know, devise the algorithms or, you know, who design the apps or the games, but, but those apps and games are a reflection of their values and their motivations. And, um, and that's, you know, problematic for kids. I mean, for instance, a lot of apps um, for kids and even, and maybe even especially ed tech apps, um, they work on a reward system. So one of the things that I did, you know, for my book is, is take a deep dive into a very popular app, app called Prodigy that is supposed to teach kids math. But basically the math has nothing to do really or hardly anything to do with what's going on you know, in a screen and, and, you know, it's all about rewards and being able to dress your avatar and getting cute pets, you know, all of those things. It's not really about math. And so what you're seeing is, is, I, I mean, I guess it's become a, even a bigger concern because during the pandemic, a lot of kids were at home and maybe they were left with, you know, these devices or, or these products and when they do spend so much time, uh, one of the negative impacts that you brought up is that they get hooked, right? Because sure. that's how it's being marketed to them. And then that in turn makes it harder for them to, to break away and makes them want more of the product. Sure, of course. And, you know, I mean, and we're the same way. So it's not that just our children who are hooked on all these devices, we're hooked on them as well. But I think it's really important. Um, I, I mean, I begin the book and when I give talks, you know, for parents, I begin my talks this way. I'm not here to make parents feel guilty. I, you know, I mean, yes, parents have a role to play. We need to be more careful about how much time our children spend with screens. But really, this is a problem for society. These companies aren't regulated. The, and and so, I mean, it's so ironic that, you know, in the United States at this time, books are being banned, libraries are being closed, teachers are being restricted in what they can teach kids, but kids can go online or they can go to, um, say, uh, personal assistants like Alexa and get all kinds of information or disinformation. And it's not regulated. There are no protections for kids right now. So what are you seeing as um, you know, some of the results of, of 
you know, this marketing uh, long-term? Is it having a big impact on children's mental health? Well, that's, that is certainly a growing concern. And um, it seems to be manifesting, or at least the discussion today is mostly about preteens and teenagers and, and social media. And, and you know, so what social media, um, they use intermittent rewards. You know, everybody's waiting for their likes or how many people like my post or, you know, or that, you know, that kind of thing. And that's really, um, problematic because it hooks us uh, even more. But but social media, um, first of all, it's really um, about branding. What we post on social media, it may be an aspect of the truth, but it's not the whole truth. And it's not what, what we get when we're with people face to face. I mean, we curate what, and kids curate what they put up on social media. And one of the, you know, problems I think is like for Instagram, you know, wildly popular with kids, you can alter your photo. You can make yourself look more glamorous or, and what's even, you know, what's especially worrisome, you can lighten your skin, you know, which is just a terrible message to send to the black and brown kids who are who are using um, you know Instagram or social media. Yeah. So um, and and the the problems for kids are, I mean, they range from um, the fact that things that that young children do online or, or with apps and games, I mean, they require very little effort, you know? So, so um, stamina and persistence, um, kids don't learn that. Um, if you're playing with a Lego app, you're a child, um, everything happens very quickly and very easily. I mean, the, the tech execs say, we make these devices for people who are brain dead. They're not hard to use. It's not you know, a sign of great intelligence that a two-year-old knows how to swipe, you know, and things like that. Um, but, but it's different than actually, for instance, playing with Legos or blocks, where if you build something too high, it'll fall over, or you learn about gravity, you learn, and, and, and you learn patience, you know? It, and, and young children learn with all of their senses, and when you have a, a young child, babies and toddlers, preschool kids, when you have them in front of the of screen, their world has, shot, sh has shrunk to something that's less than a square foot. And if it's a phone, it's really tiny. Right. Gosh, I feel like in this day and age, you know, everything is moving at warp speed in terms of technology and products that are available and how they're being marketed to us and also you know just just lifestyle i mean parents are busier than ever um you know some of them are working more than one job they don't have the time to to be there with their child and and do that pure interaction with them and sometimes they're so tired that they do just put them in front of the device or or with toys and things like that and, and yeah. fill their homes with those things 
So my question to you is, with that in mind, I mean, what are some steps that parents can take to make sure that their child is not being completely brainwashed? You know, um, as, as I said earlier, it's so important that we shouldn't just place all of the blame on parents. Most parents are doing the best they can. And not only that, they're getting marketed to. They're being told that kids need to use tablets because it will prepare them for jobs when they're older, which is ridiculous because the technology uh, that, that young kids are using today, tablets, phones, swiping, you know, making things bigger, you know, all that kind of thing. It's not going to be like that when the kids are ready for jobs. I mean, everything's moving to voice. You know, we're going to, robots are getting, you know, more, um, not only more popular, but less expensive. And, and so, um, so I just need to make that really, really clear. This is a societal problem and society needs to deal with it. But that said, there are things, you know, that parents can do. And one thing is um, to, to postpone putting your kids in front of screens. I mean, babies, there's absolutely no evidence, none, that screen time is beneficial for babies. Now, I'm not talking about video chatting with adults who love them and are far away. I mean, that's exempt. But in terms of all of these zillions of apps that are, are allegedly designed to teach babies language and numbers and countings, and which babies don't actually need to know numbers, but, um, but I mean, babies, for instance, what the research tells us is that babies don't learn language from machines. They learn it from people. They learn language from people. And, um, and so, so postponing it, if you can try to do that. And, and not only that, when we put babies and toddlers in front of screens, we're training them to depend on devices for soothing and amusing themselves. And they don't develop their own skills. And so what happens is that the children become dependent on, on screens. And we might not notice that that's a problem until the kids are older because the more screen time kids have when they're babies and toddlers and preschools, the more time they have when they're older as well. Gosh, I mean, and this this all seems like, I mean, this is great research that you're doing, but unfortunately, I mean, it it's like common sense for the parent also to to keep this in mind and and to just go back to um you know doing without uh you know these devices the good old days you know <laughs> and, and doing things from scratch and spending quality time with them um it, and it, you just kind of can. yeah you, you just it wonder it, it's too bad that i guess that you know in this this world in this society that you know it, it the whole marketing uh, consumerism and, and, you know, making money is the main driver and, and we're forgetting about, you know, our children's welfare, but there is, is there any movement, um, you know, by lawmakers to, to help on this effort? 
You know, actually, um, I'm more hopeful about this um, than I have been. Um, Britain passed a design code that says that if you're if you're creating um, a, a website, you have to take the well-being of children into account. And California passed, you know, a, a, a design code that basically, you know, says the same thing and, and also, you know, would limit targeted advertising to kids or some of the more pernicious techniques that companies use to get us hooked. Um, and so um, there are bills that have gotten out of the Senate with bipartisan support, which is amazing, you know, today. And um, that means that they could be voted on by the Senate. That's as far, that's further than any bill has ever gotten. Mm -hmm. And so I'm encouraged by that, but I'm also encouraged because there's much more activism. In my book, I have a whole list of resources for parents and teachers and organizations that that are working on this or organizations that can support parents to make healthy decisions for kids. For instance, one, um, one organization that I really like is called Wait Until Eighth, which helps parents get together with other parents and make an agreement like among their kids' friends they're not going to get their kids a smartphone until eighth grade. You know, and I think, you know, it's important to know, for instance, that Steve Jobs didn't get his kids an iP- uh, a, a smartphone. Well, what he, it, Steve Jobs, actually, when he was asked how his kids like the iPad, they said, um, he said they've, they've never seen one. <laughs> but he seemed to have been fine with other people's kids being you know, on, on his invention, mm-hmm. but not his own kids. And it's Bill Gates, actually, who postponed getting his kids a smartphone. Gosh, I mean, there's, there's so much more um, that we could learn from this. How can people find your book? Well, it's um, everywhere. It's in bookstores, you know, it's on Amazon. Um, it, you can find it you know, just wherever you find books, Barnes and Noble, you know, all those places. And, and do you have a website for um, people who want to learn more? Sure. Um, so my website is Susan at SusanLynn.net. Um, and people can go there and um, also actually buy the book there if they want to. Okay, great. Susan, thank you so much for sharing a wealth of knowledge here. Very helpful for parents. It's very eye-opening too. um, And we wish you all the best. Oh, thanks so much. the future projects that you're working on. Thank you. And same to you. (laughs) Take care, Susan. Thank you so much. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Yay.